Welcome to the Employco HR Podcast. I'm Rob Wilson, President of Employco, and with me is my brother and partner, Scott Wilson. Hello. And our Vice President of HR, Jason Eisenhut. Hi, everyone. We've got Nikki Navarro working the board remotely, coming from the Squadcast uh, uh, The Squadcast Studios. Yes. So uh, it's October 2020, and uh, a lot of companies are starting to look at health insurance for 2021 and uh, trying to navigate the marketplace on, uh, in, in a really interesting time with the uh, with COVID in the midst of COVID nineteen claims, and uh, uh, so it's an interesting time for for companies. We uh, we just looked at the Kaiser Health Survey, which came out uh, in the last couple of weeks. Jason, that surveys a variety of both small businesses and and large businesses across the country for some health health uh, trends. Yeah, what's interesting is Kaiser usually releases their survey even a few weeks before that, but. Because of COVID and some of the turmoil everyone's going through with renewals and open enrollment uh, planning, Kaiser needed a few extra weeks to release their results. So, but it's it's a great survey. Uh, a lot of the industry experts like us rely on Kaiser survey because it's unbiased, it's impartial, uh, it's got a good kind of uh, sample size group. So it's it's a really good survey and gives a lot of great insight into the marketplace. And it's a it's really interesting time when you look at premiums because it's hard to make those projections. Uh, the, uh, companies are starting to get their renewal uh, renewal rates right now. You know, you're seeing some in the marketplace over thirty five percent increases, and you're seeing some on the low side uh, in single digits. So it's it's a wide variety. You know, with your larger companies, uh, they've got their experience, and some of that experience is uh, doesn't have that much COVID nineteen data in it yet, just because of the the trailing data so it uh, you might feel that if the COVID-19 effect into the 22 2022 renewal uh, not just this year because you'll you'll really have more solid data but yeah, uh, I think the, those expenses are going to be huge too if especially if anybody's hospitalized it's it's going to be really pricey yeah and you know look so as we're we're going through our renewal right now that Jason's handling and and we get our data and uh you know we had a couple of a uh, couple of people that were in ICU and when you look at that claim data it's uh you know when you've got a, a few people in in ICU for uh, extended period of times it's uh, it's expensive the the hospital bills are are very expensive so it uh, it's a challenging year but so jury's still out on premiums where they're going to be Jason but uh as we highlight uh, some of the other things in the survey, worker contributions uh, continues to change as you projected uh, from 20 to 21. Yeah, so this is uh, interesting. So this is the first year in a few years that I've seen that the average worker, both in small firms and large firms, are going to contribute uh, the same percentage, 17%, for single coverage or employee-only coverage for the, the total premium. So if I, as an employee, have single coverage employee only, if I work at a small company, a large company, on average, I'm contributing 17% or the employer, the company is contributing 83%. So that's the first time in a while I've seen that the same for small and large firms. Historically, it's a little bit higher for the small companies, average employee contribution. Uh, as an example, it's around 35%. Uh, employees contribute towards family coverage in small companies compared to 24%. So Large employers are typically contributing more for family coverage. Small employers are t- contributing typically less for family coverage if you're in a small small employer. 
Yeah, and that's uh, and that's out, you know, the outside of the uh, the guidance of the ACA. So ACA says that the uh, the the uh, employee can't pay more for single coverage than nine percent of their uh, of their salary of their W two income. So a different take on it is percentage premium, but seventeen percent is still a pretty good uh, pretty good percentage. Yeah. So if you're as an employer, just kind of some benchmarking, ballpark, or planning. If you are in the eighty to eighty-five percent contribution rate, you as the employer are paying eighty to eighty-five percent of the premium for single coverage, or around sixty-five to seventy-five percent for family coverage, you're in the right ballpark. You're, you're reasonable. If you obviously you have different strategies to contribute more, if you're having recruitment retention problems, or if you're in a specific industry that you need to bump it up, but that eighty to eighty-five on the single coverage employee only, or sixty-five to seventy-five on family coverage, that would at least get you in the, the right ballpark. Do you think you're going to see that increase, uh, given the fact that businesses are trying to cut back and trying to, you know, at least cut some of the red that's uh, everybody's built up over the pandemic? Yeah, yeah, good point. I mean, and it's hard without knowing what the premiums exactly will be or claims will be for the next 24 months. Some employers are just shooting from the dark. It's hard, especially not knowing how the COVID claims are going to hit, but then also on a personal level and also claims level, we don't know if people have been putting off elective procedures. And now it's going to compile and make things worse when they go back. If, if I have been feeling some pain and I've been putting it off because of COVID and then 2021, I go in for my doctor's appointment and I'm in stage four cancer, God forbid, that, that's a lot worse than catching it early. So we don't know what that's going to look like and how the trickle-down effect is going to look come years right. to come. And then the more severe cases of the COVID, then they've got long-term therapy and the recovery process. So yeah, it's, it's not good. Yeah. We, uh, Jason, we saw that uh, stay on health insurance, but on the workers comp market, we've seen that where claims, uh, you know, where someone should have surgery for under workers comp and those surgeries were put off due to COVID. So the person couldn't work because they need surgery. So you're, you're paying them the, the TTD, the temporary total disability or their weekly wage for in some cases, four or five months that people couldn't get their surgeries. So it, um, yeah, it's uh, it's affecting every area. So, uh, Jason, if we if we switch to the plan designs and plan enrollments, the PPP, PPO is still the uh, largest type of uh, type of coverage and plan design for companies. Yeah, yeah, that's still the big boy. Uh, so, almost fifty percent of employees are enrolled in PPO plans still today. The next highest comes in at the high deductible health plan HDHP or the HSA plans at around thirty percent. Uh, HMOs are coming in third at around eh, 10 to 13 percent. And then the POS style traditional plans or kind of the hybrid plans are the next runner up. So PPO is still kind of the, the, the big boy on the on the block. Um, and our recommendation has typically been and that's what we do internally is offer a variety of plans to your employees. And if you want to cap your company contribution and employees want to buy up, that's the employee's kind of ability and option. And sometimes employees would like to buy up and get a $500 deductible or a thousand deductible. Um, and it's no additional cost out of the company contribution because you've set yours at a, a flat dollar amount or defined contribution. Uh, and that's the strategy we, we think works well in most, most employer situations. Right, so we have uh, we offer to uh, our clients. We've got seven different plans, a few different PPO, PPPOs. It's funny that, that we've done so many webinars <laughs> on on, P, on PPE and PPP. So uh, apologize, but uh, we we've got several different PPOs, uh, a couple high deductibles, and one HMO for our Illinois clients. But uh, back, you know, Scott and I have been at this a. Uh, 
a long time. And back when we uh, when, when we started in Ploico, uh, the point of service, the POS plans. I mean, that was that was the, the big plan. Yeah. That, uh, you know, and there are a I, lot of HMOs too. So HMOs have really pulled back. Uh, I remember late nineties, I believe right around there that you were seeing that that was going to be the wave that everybody's going to go to, but it's, I mean, PPOs are so solid. I mean, it, that's, you know, I would imagine why everybody wants to be on a PPO. Yeah. So, uh, let's talk about, uh, employee cost sharing. So as, uh, as, as, you know, the, Premiums are premiums are obviously going up this year. You're looking at the different uh, different deductibles, and uh, the average company, my guess is, continue to increase their deductibles. That uh, uh, as as just a way of reducing their premiums or their renewal increases. So you're seeing an increase in in prescription plans, deductibles, copays. But as you shift that to uh, employee cost sharing the employees today are are being saddled not just with the premium portion but higher and higher deductibles so what does that look like this year jason yeah so the affordable care act uh required preventive care so your routine physicals well woman exams immunizations that's 100 percent covered so there's no cost sharing for routine care but outside of that at the point of sale for sick visits procedures surgeries that's when the member typically has co-pays and deductibles so as Rob mentioned, the deductible is going up each year. We've gone up almost 25% over the last five years. The average deductible now is 1644 1644 So that's when you average out all the PPO plans and high deductibles, and it's really driven up over the last years because of the increase in popularity of the high deductible, the HSA plan. But yeah, I mean, the deductible has been increasing substantially over the last, like I said, 25% over the last five years and 80% over the last decade. So it's the deductible has risen a lot in part or mostly driven by the increase in popularity of the high deductible health plans. Right. So your general deductible of, of $2,000 or more is, uh, has increased 26% over the last five years. Wow. It would make sense why people would do the health savings accounts then. I mean, if you think the average person is going to spend $1,600 just on deductibles, I mean, if you could at least save some on uh, the tax, tax aspects of it, uh, that would make sense. Yeah, when you look at, and this is, you know, this this part of the survey, Jason, is only highlighting the uh, the deductible. So in today, you really have to look at your, your deductible, your Co, you know your coinsurance and your what is your maximum out of pocket and typically in in most plans it's times two or three for families so in uh, one of the sections of the survey highlighted what is uh, on those high deductible plans what is that maximum out of pocket and some of them are reaching twenty thousand dollars for a family which that's incredible jeez you know so you're, you know, when you look at your average uh, average wages across America, if and if you have a high deductible, you know that family's just hoping that, you know, you're rolling the dice and hoping that, you know, if we hit the deductible, it might be you know one of us, but not you know three or more in a family, because to you know, who has an extra twenty thousand dollars laying around for uh, for copays. Right. Yeah, and I don't think it's all that unrealistic. So my wife, Julie, she had back surgery a few years ago, and the, the bill from Rush was $200,000. So, yeah, an individual, I mean, we would have, I mean, luckily we had a good medical plan at the time, but had we been in these really high deductible, high out-of-pocket max, that, that could have been really hard, hard burden on our family. Yeah, you know, it's just, you know, and, and that's, it's not going to get better. It's just going to keep going up. 
So, the, you know, the the good thing that you're seeing, though, is no matter what changes you're going to have as as uh, President Trump's trying to get to the Supreme Court on uh, on the uh, Affordable Care Act and, uh, and to do away with that, what he has said is that pre-existing conditions, uh, that that will not go away. Uh, anybody that has pre-existing conditions, those will stay uh, covered under no matter what, what happens with uh, with health insurance. So cause that, that's, uh, you know, that's a, a, a big part of, uh, of as you hear the media right now, a big part of the campaigns are, you know, they're, they're, as they're pointing fingers and looking for sound bites, it's pre-existing conditions that they're trying to hang, hang their hat on. And at least it sounds like from the executive order President Trump did, pre-existing conditions are are here to stay. So the average American does not have to worry about uh, about losing health care on that side. So, yeah, even with the, the uncertainty with the Affordable Care Act and pre-existing conditions, uh, coverage is here to stay. And the COVID, I mean, there, there is a lot of uncertainty that the insurers and the employers are having to deal with right now. I mean, it's such a, a difficult market to try and gauge what a reasonable percentage increase is, what plans you should offer. And, and that's why we're here to help. HRemployco.com, reach out to us anytime. We've got these big master plans that are kind of more stable and hopefully better value for a lot of our employers. So reach out to us if you're interested in any of that. Most of our clients are already adopting into those and kind of benefiting from it. But let us know if you have any questions or, or have want information on, on health insurance. Yeah, it's a, it's a hot topic. And uh, now's the time to start looking at your health insurance for 21 uh, we'll be in, before you know it, we'll be in open enrollment. So, and and I, I think you're going to feel that the COVID nineteen effect into your 20, 2022 rates. With uh, typically, there's a a lot of times there's a lag of of three or four to six months on your on your claim data. And whether you're a large company and have enough uh, enough volume to uh, stand on your own, or if you're a smaller company and the health insurance company is pulling you in with their average small business data, uh, COVID claims are going to have an effect. Yeah, good point. Figure there's seven, seven to eight million known cases already tested positive cases. There's going to be treatments that are going to be, you know, because they still don't know the full extent of, you know, how COVID's going to affect people mentally, physically, things like that. So the bills are going to keep adding up. Right. Absolutely. So if you have any, uh, any questions, we're here to help. Uh, happy to, uh, to uh, field your calls or emails at Jason uh, uh, info at employco.com or HR at uh, employco.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, all the social medias. Right. So, and if you want, uh, if you want to be added to our list as well, we Jason sends out a pretty comprehensive HR newsletter every uh, every month. Actually, it'll be out this week that uh, as well. So, if you uh, if you want to get on the list to to get the latest on HR, uh, Jason looks at uh, HR trends on a variety of topics as well as. Uh, in the next couple months, you'll be releasing what's uh, what's new legislatively in uh, in 2021 from an HR standpoint, because you'll you'll see a host of new rules uh, and regu- regulations across the country, state by state, coming out uh, for uh, for 21. So, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us at uh, our monthly podcast. And uh, we, uh, if you have any suggestions on future topics, feel free to reach out on any of the social media platforms. Thanks so much. Have a good day. Thank you.